From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, you lost one, but you gained two. The Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. And where the Knolls go from here? Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That's Tallahassee, Florida. It's right off Appalachian Parkway in our state's capital. Check them on out. Daily lunch specials from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. On Monday, we have Victory Burgers. Treat yourself to one. Uh, in lieu of, or not rather in lieu of, but in regards to the victory in the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando last week. Uh, you build your own burger. It's beef of Angus quality. You pick your side dish, straight fries, curly fries, side salad, everything you want. It's all over the corner, pocket bar and grill. Play some dark, shoot some pool, just have some delicious food, maybe a cold beer, whatever you want. The world's your oyster at the corner, pocket bar and grill. Uh, right, Corey? Any disagreement on that one? No, man. And, I, and I'm not fronting, obviously. Mm-hmm. You guys know I speak the truth. Uh, it's All the food is good. The burgers are good. I have those sometimes. The wings we've talked about. They have frog legs, if you're into that nonsense. Ooh. They're good, by the way. They're just, you know, they're meaty. They're meaty frog legs. Uh, but everything there, man. The fries, uh, the beer, the waitresses, Bill, the owner. The It's just the dartboards. It all works, man. It all works. <laughs> Uh, Corey calling us from cell number 349-56 in Gwinnett County. Kind of uh, things got away from him. Uh, we joke, though, just the microphone not working, so we got a little bit of a, a different setup. But uh, we can still hear Corey loud and clear. That's, that's I hope all I sound record. okay. Do I yeah. sound okay? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, it sounds no, I, different. It's my fault. I left my microphone in Tallahassee and then went straight from Orlando up here to Atlanta, so I do not have my normal uh, professional microphone. All right, well, let's get to it on today's show. Uh, the offseason, I feel like with the portal, Corey, the offseason is going to be even much more of a misnomer than it already has been, you know, with things coming and going. Uh, shout out Jamie Robinson announced that he will uh, forego his remaining eligibility to enter the NFL draft. Uh, you know, for the longest time, Corey, I think you and I were like, yeah, he's, he's probably gone. But then when he announced on New Year's Eve afternoon that, hey, I've got a surprise dropping at like 11.59 uh, p.m., I'm like, whoa. Man, he might be coming back. Like, why would you say you got a surprise for everybody and then tell all your followers, like, I don't know, probably 80% of them are Florida State fans, like, yeah, I'm gone, bye. Uh, But awesome to see the reaction from the Florida State fans. I think when it comes to Jamie Robinson, Corey, like, there was nothing left there. There was no surface left to scratch. Man, Like, everything had been left bare by him. He had shown us just how hard he played, how hard he prepared, how dedicated he was to this team. So, like, we feel like we got every last bit out of Jamie Robinson. I think that's why everybody's so sort of supportive of this decision of his to, to go to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, what did he He played 25 games. He started 25 games for this program. Uh, that's a – it's a, I mean, and, and was really probably their best defensive player overall – over those last two years, like obviously Jermaine Johnson was the best player on the field in 2021, but we combine these last two years, there's been nobody better um, than Jamie Robinson, man. Yeah, and I, I think he said, I have a gift for everyone, right. a New Year's Day gift. Yeah. And it's like, buddy, you got to read the room a little bit, man. Don't, I mean, everybody's happy for you, clearly. Everybody wants you to go have a great career, but he made it sound like the gift is I'm coming back, everyone. <laughs> Get excited. Not, 
I mean, I can't imagine he has a bunch of NFL fans yet. So anyway, I guess he's just talking to the football-loving world when he says, I have a gift for the world. So God bless him. Uh, I really will miss him. I really enjoyed watching him play. Not a surprise, um, but, but especially the way he lays his body on the line. Uh, go get paid, like go go make an NFL roster, make NFL money. But uh, yeah, would have been would have been nice, clearly. But uh, they still got some really really good news uh, this weekend, either way. Yeah, let's. Uh, I guess let's keep in the secondary. I don't know this. This isn't necessarily you lose one guy and he's going to fill the role of Jamie Robinson because I think uh, Fen Charles Cypress is more of a cornerback. But he was the at for a large part of the the open the open portal season when it opened. Rather, he was the number one overall prospect. Uh, in the entire portal, then he got knocked down to two, and Travis Hunter entered, but then Travis Hunter committed to Colorado, so he, he regained his number one spot. But Fentrell Cypress, wide receiver from Virginia, all ACC honors. Cornerback, cornerback, you meant defensive back. What did I say? Quarter? You said wide receiver. Wide yeah. receiver? Ah, yeah. How where'd that come, come from, Aslan? I don't know. What's the matter with you? I don't know, man. That's why you're here. But, yeah, so they've got the number one cornerback out of the portal, a ready-made guy. All ACC honors, seasoned, ready to go. They beat out Ohio State, Southern Cal. Uh, you know the song remains the same. There seems to be some teams that are always in the mix for these portal guys, and Florida State just keeps beating them out to get these guys. Uh, exciting uh, to see what that could possibly be because um, you need guys that can cover dudes, and they've got a couple. Uh, but man, you surely you can never have enough of them. Huge, huge pickup for Florida State again. This is the biggest pickup they've had in the portal if you go by rankings, Corey. Yeah, the number two player overall. I mean, you can't. You can only get one higher than that. Um, and yeah, they've got now that gives them four of the top eleven. Four of the top Jeez. eleven. Let me look real quick. I want to look and see how many actual guys are in the portal. I think it's got to be close to. I don't even know if I can look up that now. It's yeah. got to be close to like fourteen hundred. I oh. mean, it's fourteen or fifteen hundred people in the portal. Your from team like, from FBS from like FBS teams. Or, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, if you count FCS, I mean, they've gone Division Two. They've gone every sort of level. I mean, there's over like three thousand in total, I think. But carry on. Sorry. So so yeah. So you've got four of the top eleven. No. I mean, that's that's remarkable. Again, the way I look at it, and I don't think all these sites have really. They haven't adjusted yet. They're getting better, all of them, especially in on three, too. I think like on three kind of has led the way a lot when it comes to NIL and, and transfer portal. But these recruiting rankings, they haven't really caught up yet with how important this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Because I think they give Travis Hunter a five star rating as the port in the portal. He's the only one. Everybody else is a four star. So there's only one five star in the portal. And I don't know how they do the grading system, but I'm here to tell you. If you're the second best transfer this year, you're a five-star talent, and that is a five-star pickup. And they have number two, number seven, number nine, and number 11. Or number two, number six, number seven, and number 11. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's to me, that's four or five stars, man, because, again, I will keep reiterating this, these guys are proven. Mm-hmm. You know, according to PFF, uh, Cyprus didn't give up a touchdown this year at cornerback. He was the highest graded guy in the in the in the conference at the position, and one of the best in the country. And literally until Travis Hunter put his name in, he was the number one overall prospect in the portal. And you just got him. And again, I just want to rewind a little bit to last year. And Florida State legitimately landed one, according to all the rankings, landed one top like fifty portal guy, and that was Jared Verse. And you saw what these transfers did this year. Now, imagine these guys coming in. These guys are even better than the crop you just brought in. And they're joining a better team. Man, that's, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, 
I, I just don't know what else you could want them to do. Now, obviously, now you got a whole, you need a safety probably, and you're probably going to need at least one more deep. We'll get to Fabian in a second. But I think you need one more defensive lineman anyway. But when you're talking about making your roster better, great, man. Miami, awesome. You had the number four class in the country. That's awesome. Those kids will not make an impact for you next year. And you don't know if they'll be there in 2024. Most of them won't make an impact. And you don't know if they're even going to be there in 2024. These guys, these eight guys that Florida State has signed, I think it's eight. Let me, uh, I was looking at the team rankings real quick. So nine. They've got nine guys now. I would, I, would ima- I would imagine eight of them, seven of them, are probably going to start, maybe at least play a lot, and that's on a team that's returning a lot of dudes from a 10-win team. This is just, you are, talk about knocking it out of the park, man. You have hit a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You've hit four grand slams in the inning. This, is, this has been a, a tor- horrible analogy, horrible metaphor. 16 runs, everybody. Let's 16 go. runs in an inning. It's like that FSU-Ohio State game in the regionals. Uh, 13 years ago. So, but that—that's how—that's how much they've knocked it out of the park, man. You—you—you yep. you, you had some holes. You knew you were losing some guys up front on offense. You knew you were going to have some holes either way on defense. Um, and man, you—you you needed to get better at corner, I think, and you did. You got the best guy. Just and you—you you needed to get tight ends, and you got the two—two two of the three best ones in the country that are out there. Two guys that you know can play. Well, one in particular. We'll still see about the shorter kid, right? right? He's still projectable because he played it shorter. Jaheim Bell is from South Carolina, man. Yeah. He's in the SEC, play, you know, making fools look silly. And you, so you got the best tight end in the country. I, I just best tight end, best cornerback. I think the best offensive, best defensive lineman, and second best offensive lineman yep. in the country. Mm-hmm. Man, come on now. Mm-hmm. I know we still want to. Keep looking at recruiting rankings and be disappointed because they were 16th. If you add these guys, if you add Cypress to the mix and you just do roster additions, you are talking about a top five class easily. And that's joining a team that uh, was already pretty good. So good news all around. Absolutely. Uh, And then as Corey mentioned, uh, foreshadowed possibly, I guess. Uh, Fabian Lovett, who I guess, you know, maybe here in some of the more recent episodes we did kind of trended more towards – yeah, maybe he actually will come back because he wasn't able to suit up in the bowl game. You wonder if he shut it down completely. He probably would have announced that he was going to the NFL draft, but he might be at a place now where he can't possibly test and grade out as greatly as he wants to to get ready for the NFL draft. But Fabian Lovett went ahead and announced on New Year's Day that he plans to return, run it back, uh, inked a deal with the NIL Collective, uh, Battle's End, so... I mean, you got him, you got Daryl Jackson, you feel good about those two guys. Wouldn't hurt to get another guy, maybe, but you got Braden Fisk, obviously from Western Michigan. Man, now this is a a position that you were really on pins and needles about uh, 10, 14 days ago, a month ago, thinking about projecting into the future, Corey. But now, again, you get this real high prospect out of the portal. Fabian's coming back. You're getting a kid coming home for for all intents and purposes. He'll probably be inspired. Man, uh, again, I mean, we'll probably talk about this in the second part of the show, but man, everything is setting up the way you would want it to. That you really, I can't think of anything better for Florida State almost at this uh, point when you hear Fabian come back, other than Jared wanting to come back. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, but also when you think about Fabian coming back, now a position of weakness, in my opinion, which it was a, that in that bowl game, it was exposed, it was exploited. Mm-hmm. The middle of the run defense was exploited a little bit, just like Florida did, and just like other teams did when Fabian didn't play. You didn't know what it was going to look like next year. Well, now you've got Fabian, you've got the Fisk kid, 
Um, so you've got you got the best defensive tackle in the portal, a guy that's going to play right away, probably start. You've got Fabian Lovett, who you know who he is when he's healthy. You've got uh, the kid from Miami, like you said, who is a starter, an ACC high-level starter. So that's a that's a that's a great rotating trio right there, right? That's yeah. better than what you had this past year by a lot. And then, oh yeah, throw into the mix. You really like some of the young guys that didn't get to play. My man Tafasi could be really good. Now you don't expect a ton of him as a redshirt freshman, but he'll get some reps and he'll get to learn from these guys. Daniel Lyons, Joshua Farmer. All of a sudden, you've got a great mix of three dudes with experience, three guys that are probably going to get the lion's share of the reps, and then three other guys that have a lot of potential that could really use you know, 18 snaps a game, 21 snaps a game, and also learning from those guys. Um, it just, you know, I, you know, the competition every day in practice at, in the middle of that defensive line, man, that's going to be – that's how you get better. That's how you sharpen that iron, Aslan. Yeah. And you've got uh, Fabian Lovett coming back. I, I just would have given that when the season started, uh, I would have thought that would be about 9% chance. Now he's coming back again because you thought there was a chance you could lose him after last year. Yeah. Now he's come back two years in a row. Now I, I legitimately think uh, if Fisk is as good as advertised, and I guess we don't know for sure, but he certainly played at that level at the power at the Division One level, I should say. If he's as good as advertised, along with Fabian Lovett, you know what he is, and Jackson, you know what he is. You've got you, you've gone from Robert Cooper, who was banged up and not all that, just he was not all that productive this season. Um, Joshua Farmer is a redshirt freshman. Malcolm Ray, Jarrett Jackson, who kind of played when he wanted to here and there, was never all that productive. That was your rotation for a good chunk of the season. And now you've got basically three new guys. You had Fabian Lovett for what? Three games, really? Yeah. You know, and now if, if he stays healthy, you've got him for a full season Fisk in the Jackson kid from Miami. You've, you've made a significant upgrade at a position of extreme need in my opinion. So that's, you, you just, Fabian Lovett coming back, man, is a, is a, um, that is just a huge, huge deal for that defense. Yeah, you know, if, if Jamie would have come back, that would have been amazing, but I think we've seen everything Jamie could possibly give you, which is right. a bummer to lose that. But with Fabian, I mean, I think Fabian coming back just one year older, man, just like mature, a little bit more built physically, because I mean, he already right now is built differently than anybody else the Florida State has on that defensive interior. Man, I don't know. He's going to be like 23 years old next season playing. I don't know, maybe 24. I don't know how it all works out with the the grades they have in uh, Mississippi. Shout out Mississippi Public Schools. Uh, right. But man, I, I think that's a huge pickup. I mean, huge, because I think if he's healthy, inspired, back against the wall, I know this is my last definite, definitive final season. Man, I think you're going to get a really, really huge season out of Fabian Lovett. So that, that makes me feel really good about where they can be next year defensively. Uh, absolutely. Like, look, you, you saw in the championship games or the, the playoff games um, on New Year's Eve. By the way, that's a lot of fun, uh, NCAA oh, football, college football. Like, Finally, I, finally though, right? It, it took us a while to get two good playoff games, two good oh, semifinals. They were great, but yeah. it's like I'm a, you know, I'm a Georgia fan. I'm, I'm, at a, I'm at a New Year's Eve party that happens to be a watch party because it's a bunch of Georgia fans there. Meanwhile, the people upstairs, the parents and some of the wives are like, hey, everyone, it's midnight. <laughs> Come up, it's time to toast. And I'm like, there's 30 seconds left and the game is on the line. And they literally kicked the ball as it was, as I could hear them counting upstairs, you know, 19, 18, I could hear them counting upstairs. So that's awesome. Only college football would screw up something like that. You couldn't start it 
30 minutes earlier. You couldn't start both games 30 minutes earlier because you had to get the Iowa-Kentucky game in. That The Iowa-Kentucky game should have started at 9 a.m. And just nobody – they should have acted like they were playing in England and just started it at 9 a.m. Nobody was going to get up or nobody cared about that game. But anyway, but you saw in those games, man, it's hard to play defense. Yeah. Like Georgia has the best defense in the country. And if it's not them, it's Michigan. And both those schools gave up darn near 50 points. Like I know Michigan gave up a couple pick sixes, but TCU scored pl- uh, plenty of – the TCU offense scored plenty as well. It is hard to play defense. Even when you have elite NFL talent, like I think, well, I know Georgia does and Michigan does too. So you need as you, it's going to be hard for Florida State to hold teams to twelve points a game next year. That's not going to happen. Elite offenses are go, can score on anyone. I think that's what we have to come up. We have to come to realization. Is like it used to be. There was the old saying in baseball, right? Good pitching beats good hitting. Mm-hmm. That's still true. In football, it was good defenses stop good offenses. That's not really true anymore. If you're an elite offense, it is so hard to stop these guys. Yep. So Florida State, what where they have to make the improvement, in my opinion, is elite offenses are going to score, man. You know, I, I don't know if going into next season, who would you even say is an elite offense that they face? I don't know that they have one, right, that's on the schedule? I mean, LSU maybe, but that would be a stretch. Right? Yeah, no, I was just thinking of that kid one more year in that system, Jason Taylor's kid one year older. Yeah. But, you know, they lost Booty, so that also kind of dings them a little bit. But, yeah, to your point, I, I really can't think of any elite offenses on the slate for next So time. what they have to do, though, is they have to play better against the sort of decent offenses. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Louisville was sort of decent. They did not play well in that game. Uh, Florida, sort of decent, did not play well. LSU played pretty darn well until the last quarter. Uh, you know, what, Oklahoma did not play well. So they, they well, Oklahoma had a good offense, and they, they did not, but like missing a ton of guys. They did not play well against those offenses. I think Fabian Lovett, with those two other guys at defensive tackle, makes you a, well, it makes you a better defense. You were a, de- you were a decent defense, in my opinion, in 2021, 2022. You could be a good defense next year. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what that means as far as points allowed, where you rank. I just know they got better, man. They are even losing Jamie Robinson. They are a better defense right now today as we're talking than they were four days ago. And the defense they had this past season was still good enough to help them get to a 9-3 and record in the regular season, help them get to 10 wins. That defense did enough. And you've added two elite players, two top six players in the in the portal, two, two the two number one players at their positions. Defense, interior defensive line and cornerback. You've added, well, I guess you could call Travis Hunter. I, I think he's more athlete, athlete. than corner, yeah. Right. But as a pure corner, you got the best one in the portal and you got the best defensive lineman in the portal. It's a good start, man. It's, good, it's a good start. and Because you need it. Because your offense is elite. And if you can just have a good defense, a productive defense, a defense that does not get scorched by average uh, above average but not great offense if you can just have that kind of defense you have championship aspirations and you can go play for championships if your defense uh plays plays good sound not horrible football the clutch shot the biggest hit it's time for the zaxby's indescribably good player of the week First one of the year, you heard the man. It's time for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. 
And one last football game to go to, so we'll, we'll, we'll definitely use it. Man, I put him down as my MVP because there was four minutes left in the fourth quarter, and that's when votes were due. And I had no idea that Jordan Travis was knocking on the door 400 yards. So I go with Johnny Wilson, man. Johnny Wilson, eight catches, 202 yards. First Florida State receiver going over 200 yards, I think, since 2016. Travis Rudolph against Wake Forest, if my research doesn't fail me. I know he dropped one, but that didn't cost them even on that drive. And apparently all he does after he drops one ball is proceeds to catch a really huge third down at some point and keeps these things moving along. So Johnny Wilson did not see this sort of season coming from this young man. What a huge, huge effort out of him. 202 yards, eight catches. My Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week, Corey. Yeah, I, I, I'm go. I'm torn between Jordan Travis and Jamie Robinson. But my, my feeling is I'm going to get to – I've done Jordan Travis already a couple times this year, and I have a feeling I'll get to do him a few times next year. So I'm going to go one last time with Jamie Robinson. 13 tackles, a fumble recovery, uh, two tackles for loss, a sack. Uh, was the best player on the defense that was – and, again, changed positions in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. Went from safety to slot corner, right. and they had McClellan and Shaheen Brown as your two safeties because of all the injuries. And, you know, when the game was on the line, you know, I'm not going to say it was just Jamie Robinson on the field there at the end of the game, but the defense did make a stand, and Jamie Robinson made plays all night, made touchdown-saving tackles all night. It just – it's also a career achievement, Jamie. I don't know if Jamie's ever won this. Actually, maybe, maybe after the Florida game last year where he had that crazy, like, 18-tackle game. But yeah. um, I, he, he probably deserved a few more, so I'm going to make him my indescribably good player of the week and one of my favorite players of the year. There we go. Johnny Wilson, Jamie Robinson, our Zaxby's indescribably good players of the week. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bowl season not over yet. We got four games today. You can get involved in the winning over at MyBookie, but be sure to use the promo code WARCHANT when you sign up at MyBookie.ag and your first deposit, you can get a cash bonus of up to $200. You can get your deposits in. You can get your winnings in and out into your pocket as soon as possible when you use MyBookie and that promo code WARCHANT. Corey, four games, pretty decent games. We got some. Uh, we got a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, although it's you know it's now after New Year's, but two of them actually we got the Rose Bowl and we got the uh, the Cotton Bowl. Uh, let's look at those two. Tulane taking on Southern Cal, 63 and a half the total points, with the Green Wave taking on the Trojans. I'm gonna take the over. Yeah, I'm all about the over when it comes to uh, when it comes to bowl games, when it comes to USC in particular, because they don't like to defend. They don't like to defend when the games matter. But in an exhibition game, there's no way they're going to be all that excited. And then Caleb Williams will throw for, uh, you know, 400 yards or whatever. So, yeah, I like the over two, buddy. Out in Pasadena, Penn State, Utah. Utah giving out one and a half. 
I'll take Utah, I guess. Utah's favored, huh? Yeah. Yeah. See, the problem is I don't know who's opted out for these two particular programs. Same, same. But I'm pretty sure Cam Rising's still playing, so I'll go. Whoever's I'm got the better not, quarterback. I'm, I'll I'm not sold on that dude at all. In fact, because you said him, <laughs> I'm going to take Penn State, man. I'm, I'm still mad about the the interception in the swamp. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Yeah. He does not play very well outside of Salt Lake City, although he had a pretty good Pac-12 championship game. And I guess just for funsies, uh, Florida State's uh, season, or rather week one opponent for next season, LSU, they'll be in action taking on Purdue in the other Cheez-It Bowl, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. LSU giving away 15 and a half points. Purdue doesn't have their head coach. I don't know if their new coach is going to do the Luke Fickle thing and like put his toe in there. Uh, but yeah, Jeff Brahms in Louisville now. LSU giving out 15 and a half. That's a that's a lar- that's large. But I don't know. Maybe Keishon Boutte's gone. Everybody's happy. I'll, I'll say LSU wins big. Yeah, I, I I think that too. I also think they're they have such a bad taste in their mouth from the last game, uh, getting kind of you know run over by A and M. That I think they're going to come out and try to finish on a high note and like finish on a dominating note. And I think it'd be cool, man. I hope they. I'm going to pick LSU to win by that much or more, uh, like. 20 points, and I think it'd be cool for next season's uh, opener. Both teams, uh, both teams coming in on a on a. I know we know it doesn't matter how it how what they do today, as far as nine months from now, it won't have much of an impact. But I think it'll make that game even even bigger deal. So I'm going to say LSU wins big as well. They covered the 15 and a half pretty easily, I think. All right, y'all can win big too. Make your picks over at mybucky.ag. Use that promo code Warchant. All right, so I guess the next domino we're waiting for here is, is Jared Verse, which might make some sense to go ahead and announce it maybe today. You know, let Fabian take a victory lap uh, on yeah. Sunday. Now is your time to perhaps shine Jared Verse. But we'll see how that uh, how that comes and how that goes. But, you know, Corey, what I just want to kind of talk about on the way out here today is, I mean, you mentioned that this defense probably now sits in a better position than they did, uh, you know, whatever, a week ago or 72 hours ago, however far back we want to go when we're talking about the team last year. Um, you've got this quarterback who is undeniably an elite college quarterback. Um, who knows? Maybe in the NFL he'll be able to do this sort of stuff. It's it's amazing what he's done this season, his transformation. Uh, you've got offensive linemen that are going to be replenishing and filling in roles left by guys of maybe equal stature. Maybe these are even upgrades we look at. Um, we saw Clemson. I think most of us saw Clemson. We saw the Orange Bowl. I'm not scared of that team. I know they got a whole offseason to get better, but they're not going to go in the portal. It goes against the ethos of their crazy head coach. Um, what is the expectation there? I mean, the expectation for me, I don't know, I mean, the floor, Corey. I mean, I know it's not, the floor has to be winning your conference. I, I think the ceiling is competing for a national title. Uh, and that might sound crazy to some, drinking Kool-Aid, but again, in this offense, hard to see them taking any real stride step back. They're going to continue to be an elite offense that's going to figure out a way over the course of 60 minutes to drive opposing defenses crazy. And, man, this defense is going to be able to get off the field every now and then. And that's all you really can ask for in this day and age when you're playing elite teams and they won't be playing a lot of elite teams. But, man, when you hear a Fentrell Cypress coming, Braden Fisk is coming, Fabian's coming back. Um, if Jared comes back, I don't know how much that will affect your sort of calculus, Corey, but as we sit here, you know, as the year turns anew, where do you sit right now when you think about 2023 for Florida State football? Yeah, I, I think the goal is to uh, play for the ACC championship. I, I just think that that's the next step this program needs to take. Um, I don't I don't think you're foolish for putting a championship out there, or at least a playoff. Yeah. Um, 
because look, you're you're bringing a team that's you're bringing a team back. I think Florida State because of the way the bowls have broken, the best they can probably do is eleventh uh, in the final poll somewhere around there. They're going to finish eleventh or twelfth in the final poll probably. But you're bringing so much talent back from that team, and you're adding gobs of ready-made talent to it. So you've already got everything in place. You've got a good offense. It's it's go. Your offense should be better. I mean, there's no other way to say it. As good as it was, it should be better next year. Um, and then your defense, as we talked about, should be better. Now, I, I do think that hinges on Jared Verse now. Now, if Jared Verse leaves and you are not able to replace him with a ready-made NFL dude, then that's going to be a big that's going to be a big blow. It's for the not playoff, a, for the playoff hopes, but I still think conference as well with the yeah, reach. Sure. I, I just I don't love what they've done. I don't love what they have on the edge. Um, I, I would love the middle of their line. I don't love what they have on the edge if Jared Burst isn't back. Now, if Burst does come back and you pair him with Patrick Payton, well, okay, man. You've got think about Patrick Payton, Fisk, love it, Jared Burst is your starting four. With the kid from Miami not even starting. Like that's that's a that's high a, sodium. High sodium. A, yeah, man. That's a dynamic, dynamic defensive line. Um, so I, I, they're not done in the portal. I think they're going to get probably two more guys on defense, um, and then they'll be done. But I think with the and you bringing up Clemson is a great point, man. We were texting during the game. There is nothing special about that offense at all, and it still angers me the way Florida State played that night. I know Lovett wasn't playing, but they made it so easy for a bad offense, or sorry, an average offense to move up and down the field. They just made it so easy. Shipley is a fantastic college football player. He's about it. Yeah. That they have on that roster where you're like, man, that dude is special. Mm-hmm. And and maybe Klubnik, is it Klubnik or Klubnik? Klubnik. 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 Yeah. Um, maybe he ends up being awesome. I was not overly and again, man, was it first start, second start? It's in the Orange Bowl. That's not great. Um, but I I the way the way he felt the pocket, you know, I, I'm sure that can improve, but how much? You know, I, right. I just you know, it seems like that's one of those innate things you either have or you don't. And so many times he sprinted out to his right. And how much can you curb that in nine months of no football where, where he's not being hit? Then all of a sudden in a game, he's going to be able to sit in the pocket, scoot up, manipulate it. Um, I, I don't know that that's going to change anytime soon. And I don't think they have incredible wide receivers or an incredible offensive line. Like all of that together, and they're losing guys on defense. So it's time now, man. It's time to really challenge that team. I know you have to play at Clemson. They've lost there. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes in the stadium. I've seen it on TV. Two years ago, they should have lost to that Florida State team that didn't even go to a bowl. Like, that is not an impossible place to go win or an impossible place to play well. So that, that, that year, next year is the year. You'll, you're going to have the best quarterback in every game you play, as long as he's healthy. You're going to have the best offense in every game you play, and I think you're going to have a good enough defense. So, yes, I just think I, that challenging playing for the ACC championship affords you a loss because watch college football, man. The parity is real. It's hard to imagine. Florida State's probably going to be, if they stay healthy, if they don't have a rash of horrible injuries, I would imagine Florida State's probably favored in, pro, in 10 of the games, maybe 11. Maybe all 12. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they think, what the odds makers think of LSU. Um, but there's a chance they could be favored in 10, 11 of 12 of those games. But you're not going to win. You just, it's hard to win them all. Is there one undefeated team in the country right now? Like, so. Georgia? To, Georgia, yeah. right? Yeah. Get to the ACC championship game. Have a chance 
to play Clemson again because the divisions are over. So you can you can lose to Clemson, or you can you can lose to someone else and beat Clemson. But I think that's that's my expectation. Get, play for a championship. That is a step. It'd be awesome if you go win it, but just get there and play for it, man. Get to Charlotte again. That should be your home in December. And I think you might be on your way to making that a reality, especially now that there's no divisions. And as long as you're in this godforsaken conference, you need to be in Charlotte more than, what's it been, four times in 17 years? Is that right? Something like that? Maybe five times? Five times in 17 years? It's got to be more than that. Well, so, 2005 was in Jacksonville, but point taken. Yeah, oh, you got it. Yeah, five, five times in the ACC championship game in 17 years. That's Next not what, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech twice you played. Yep, um, and then Duke. Yeah, yeah. That's so, it. and then That's uh, a yeah, map, right? Jeez. So yeah, so yeah, five, 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 ten, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. So yeah, flip that, change that up a little bit. So that's my expectation going into next season. It's hard to put wins and losses. We try to do this, and I know we'll talk about it a ton over the next nine months. You just don't know what these teams are going to be. Yeah. You have no idea. You when we when we talked at this time last year, we had no idea Florida State could beat Miami by forty two points right. in, in that stadium. I mean, we'd have never even thought of that. So it's just it's a long way away. But the way this roster is shaping up, the expectations, the way the offense is run, this quarterback, this coach, this quarterback coach, everything they've done with this roster, I feel like if you want to put a number on wins, 10 would be my expectation because you already did nine, and this schedule, in my opinion, is easier. So 10 should be your expectations uh, going, you know, as long as you have good injury luck. And you should be playing for an ACC title. And after that... It's gravy. Maybe you get into a playoff. Maybe win the national championship. But right now, I just want to play for an ACC championship. That is a positive step. Again, man, they've got LSU, Southern Miss, North Alabama, at Florida, at BC, at Clemson, Miami, Syracuse, at Wake, Duke, Virginia Tech, at Pitt. Those are the teams in, in no particular order right. of, of what they face next year. And I don't think a lot of those teams made you shudder or, or feel a lot of fear but again you know fortunes can change but as we sit here and just think about again this offense i think it's it was like six games in a row right like you know they six games in a row they looked pretty much indefensible um and this defense did enough to win those games and to your point man watching georgia and michigan kind of eke out georgia eking out a win michigan you know losing to tcu you realize just how fleeting it is uh to to lean on a great defense because you know, they don't exist. But Florida has got thought, a great offense and a good enough defense. And I thought uh, Nick Saban said something really insightful, I thought, in 2020, actually, when they played Georgia. Um, and Georgia had a great defense in 2022. Like, all those guys were a year younger, but it was all those guys that went to the NFL. That was an insane, insane defense that Georgia had. And Mac Jones threw for, like, 450 yards and four touchdowns and lit him up. And Saban, after the game, almost lamenting it. Like, almost saying, like, this is just what it is now. He's like, look, they're as good on defense as we are on offense. But if we're playing well, you can't stop us. Yeah. That, that It's the rules. It's the way the game is officiated. It's the way it's evolved. Um, it's all the seven-on-seven. Seven. It's it's got, If you have a good trigger guy that can see things quickly, it can't. these offenses can be almost indefensible no matter what kind of talent you have on defense. So that's where it is now. So you have one of those offenses now. You have an offense that has to play. Like, I honestly – that Florida State offense was really bad by its own standards in the first half. Yeah. 
What'd they end up with? How many points? 35. 35 in a bowl game. And you're in, in 600 yards of offense. And they didn't play well. So that tells you what the ceiling is when they play most teams. Uh, and that's a good place to be in going into uh, going into next season. But, yeah, I think they're going to be top 10 in the country. I think they're going to have a legitimate Heisman candidate. I think they're going to be one of the uh, – um, you, you want to – not risque. That's certainly not the word I'm thinking of. Why would I even say that? I'm thinking of that sign on 75 driving uh-huh. north. The We Bear All, it's risque, Cafe Risque. Um, they're going to be one of the, um, you, you, one of the, what is the word I'm looking for? Like novelty picks. To, and that's not Dark the horse, I, not dark horse. Dark horse? I can't think of it. I used to be articulate, but I'm old Still and right. a lot of brain cells are done. But um, In vogue? The, the vogue. There you go. There, that's, that's more of what I was looking for. You did it. You did it. It wasn't quite the word, but it's what I meant. It's, it's basically, it's a synonym. But they're going to be an in vogue pick. To be one of these dark horse, when a team doesn't, when a when an analyst doesn't want to just pick Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson, Florida State will sneak into some people's playoff predictions at the beginning of the year because of what they have coming back. That's what this year did, um, and who they've added, of course. So uh, that's that's a cool place to be, man. And it's not outlandish. It's not outlandish. They're nine and three, ten and three. Sorry, they just won ten games. Um, only two of them were were really close. Two, or, I guess, three of them were really close. But, you know, it, it wasn't like they got lucky. Yeah. They were a 10-win team. They played like a 10-win team. They deserve to be a 10-win team. And next year, if they stay healthy, they'll be better. I've got Alabama, Southern Cal, Florida State, and give me your Big Ten team in the playoff next year. That's Probably right. Michigan, right? I think Michigan returns a lot of those dudes, by the way. That's man, if, what unless, a, unless Jim doesn't go to the NFL. Jim might go to the NFL. I, that's a – you got Michigan fans just got to be. That's I mean, I felt what terrible. an awful loss. I felt terrible. And I was watching. I was watching it with a big Michigan fan. Um, it was mostly Georgia fans, but we were there, and he was watching the Michigan game, and um, very excited. And I was rooting for Michigan because I was. I'm, he's my friend, and man, what an awful, awful loss. And I don't understand. Out of watching football for the last fifteen years, doing this job, how that last play wasn't targeting. I don't understand it. Yeah. I mean. I'm glad, kind of, that it was. I mean, it was a goofy play, but by the letter of the law, he ducked his head into someone, and they didn't call it. But whatever. Trey Marshall's like, "What? <laughs> what in the world are you talking about, referee?" And they reversed the dude scoring the touchdown. That was crazy. It was crazy. But you know, what, what are you going to do? And George, Georgia won. Ohio State blew it. That was cool to see. Do you think you know? Last thing here. We always talk about parody, and I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know if it's because we're so prisoner of the moment and we have just so many – we're so much more interconnected now as, as a society with social media and talking about games and every game is televised now. But, you know, it felt like, you know, classic games. I remember the original Bill Walsh college football, which was kind of like the, the, the original NCAA football game, you know, for consoles or whatever. It, it had, like, classic teams, right? It had, like, the 93 Florida State team you could play as or you could play as – you know, whatever, like 71 Notre Dame or 73 Alabama, like those classic teams, if you will. Like there's always a classic bowl game between BYU, I think, and SMU. and BYU ends up scoring like, you know, 30 points in four minutes. But, man, there are so many epic games that feels like just this bowl season. Is that indicative, you think, Corey, of just how much parity there is? I mean, the Oklahoma-Florida State game, I mean, say whatever you will about it. Florida State really dedicated, really hungry, wanting to win that game. Oklahoma, whatever, we don't have our two best tackles. We don't have our leading 
a running back. We're just here to get a cool experience. Man, they played hard. That was a really great game. I'm not going to say it's like one of the best Florida games ever, but then we see those those semifinal games on New Year's Eve. Um, man, like this sport, everything is just so close now. That's why I believe that like Florida State has an ability to go from whatever five wins to ten wins to maybe a playoff, you know, berth. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the portal has changed the game. I, th- I think it has completely changed. It has radicalized uh, college football in a, in a great way, in my opinion. Um, I looked it up. TCU, I don't know how – I have no real idea about their roster structure other than I just went down their roster and looked how many guys started at TCU. Like how many – and they have – I think it was 38 dudes that played at another school before they got to TCU. Now, some of them are JUCO kids. It wasn't like they were all coming from the SEC – but it was 38 guys on their roster that started somewhere else and got to TCU. It just changes the game. You get it, you, the only way you can compete with the Georgias and Alabamas and Ohio States of the world and Clemsons of the world when they're killing it in the, in the high school recruiting rankings is by get, it, again, I'll, I'll bring up the, uh, um, the comparison of when you get to the NCAA tournament in Kentucky, who has all those one and dunners and great talent. You can compete with them and beat them if you have, you know, three guys that have started for three years. And and a guy, you know, you have those older teams in the NCAA tournament really have a chance to make some noise. They might not be as talented, but they're older. They're more developed. They're more mature. And that really can matter. And so I think um, it's when you get to football, it's still about um, getting the best players you can. But an incredible five-star freshman probably isn't as valuable as a three-and-a-half-star fifth-year senior. You know what I mean? Right. Like that, that three-and-a-half-star, that Tatum Bethune was more valuable to Florida State than any, almost any, I could say, five-star hotshot freshman linebacker anywhere else in the country. Or Jared Verse versus Marvin Jones Jr., Correct. If you want to go kind of apples out. Yeah. So th- that's that's where that's what I'm talking about. So in hey man, Marvin Jones Jr. I'm just saying. What, what, yeah, I know you got another game to worry about, but after that, Florida State might have a hole. Just throwing With that out there. Yeah. They, they, no. No. Hey. No. No bridges were burned, buddy. Um, but yeah. So that that's what I think. This is. It's just changed the game, and it's given more teams an ability to compete. Um, still, Georgia and Alabama are far and away the two best teams in the in the country. They're recruiting it at a higher level. But the beauty now is all these five stars that Alabama signs or A&M signed last year, well, they, they might be on somebody else's roster playing against them a year from now or two years from now. They, they don't just get developed. Alabama just doesn't hoard them all. And you see it now, man. I, I, I was thinking about that even though Alabama beat the bejesus out of Kansas State. The first six minutes of that game, Kansas State was dominating them. Um, and they were up 10 to nothing and, and looked like, oh, Kansas State's here. But obviously Bryce Young's really good, and it was crazy that he played. But God bless him. I'm glad he did. I thought that was great for college football that he and Will Anderson both played. And, hey, they didn't get hurt. How about that? Um, that, uh, that, that, you know, Kansas State really went into that game thinking they had a chance against Alabama. They really did. Now, they didn't. But I, I – Alabama almost lost three or four other times this year, even with all that talent. They lost twice. They almost lost three or four other times. Clemson lost three times. Georgia, I know, is, you know, rolling through it. They almost lost to Missouri. They barely beat Kentucky, or kind of barely beat Kentucky. They really should have lost to Ohio State. 
you know, Michigan almost lost it. Like the point being, the parity is real now because so many schools have different means to get close to the Alabamas of the world. They're never going to catch them. They're never going to pass them. The Georgias, the Alabamas. But you you take a four star three year player as opposed to a five star second year player or a five star first year player. That that experience matters, man. That experience playing this football, the experience of getting your body bigger and ready, all all I, all of that I think matters and it makes this this sport more more pair. It's given it more parity than it ever has, and we're probably never going back, which I think is awesome. I just think it's awesome. I th- again, Miami fans are, I'm sure, are very very excited about the recruiting class they just signed. They're not. They're really not. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. But they could be. I mean, they're top five, right? Or they finished top five in the in the in the country. Yeah, but I think uh, that's because they still have that Cormani McLean kid listed as a commitment, although he's like not committed, really. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, let's say even if he was. Yeah. Florida State has still added more to its roster for next season than Miami has. And by the time Miami and all those that, that big recruiting class comes around, they, who knows how many of those guys will be there? Who knows how many other big-time players from other schools Florida State will have brought in to compete against those guys? So that's all. That's all. It's just I think, I think the portal has changed it for the better. Um, it's, and I think they've, it's, got a, it's revolutionized the sport. There's no turning back. We're only in year three, really, of it. So we don't even know how to gauge it properly yet. But I think Florida State is a great test case for it. I think the, the, the rebirth, the resurrection of this program is a great um, experiment into what the transfer portal can be because there isn't a program in the country that's done it any better. And I don't know why, if you're a Clemson fan, you have to be infuriated. Yes, absolutely. Like, why won't you do this, Tabo? Like, imagine just like all the kids, all the, everybody on the block got a brand new bicycle for Christmas and you didn't because that's, that's Clemson right now, so... It's uh yeah it's it's gonna be interesting man because that game uh, the way they were beat down um, the fact that you look at Georgia and Alabama and then you look at Clemson and you feel like you just feel like Clemson and it might be wrong this kid might be an incredible quarterback and they're about to go on another insane run but it's two years in a low two years in a row with three losses right I feel like yeah, they're starting yeah. to including one to South Carolina for heavens to Betsy you you feel I know they feel like they're on a bit of a downward trend and. Clemson, you feel like, could crush it in the portal. But you have a coach that won't do it. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, man, maybe he if, he if he has some sense about him, which he does, I mean, he's won a ton of games, he has to know you can't coach like this anymore. It's changed. You have to evolve. You have to adjust. If he refuses or mostly refuses to go in the portal, he will get passed by by Florida State. It, it's going to happen. Look at these two programs I'm telling you, Aslan, in 2020, Clemson could have beaten Florida State 90 to 6. Yeah. They could have scored, they would have beaten them by 84 points. In 2018, they were up 59 to 3 and throwing bombs to Dabo's kid. In 2018, they did that. 2019, they were up, whatever that Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence last year, they were up 42 0 in the third quarter. These programs are basically even now. I know they've lost the last two years to them. I know Clemson is better than Florida State. The roster is more talented. But it's degrees now. Instead of 180 degrees or however that comparison would work, it's very, very small. The difference but when Florida State's done in the portal, the difference between Florida State's roster and Clemson's roster, in my opinion, is marginal at best. And that's been in the span of two years that's happened. So that's that's the beauty of the portal, baby. There we go. 
All right, that's a wrap for us today. Uh, this week, we'll, we'll do a Renegade Express. We tried to do it last week. Had some production issues, so we'll put a thread up. Hey, I did want to say real quick, uh, the FSU women's basketball team, buddy. Yeah, watch out, man. Are you man. kidding me? Good grief, so, I just looked it up. They beat uh, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was, uh, I mean, they were 9-4. and four. They're not terrible. Yeah. And they were giving up about 57 or 58 points per game, I think. And Florida State went up to Atlanta and put 99 on them. Yeah. How much do you think Tanaya had? Uh, 31? Yeah, close, 32. Woo! And she was 13 of 13 from the free throw line. Let's go. Thir- yeah, 32 points in 26 minutes. Just an unbelievable superstar. But the beauty of that team is it's, uh, it's not a one-person wrecking crew. Mm-hmm. She's one of the best players in the country, but when you score 99 points, it's not all her. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a, man, it's a, it's a good team, dude. It's, a, it, it's fun to watch, man. And the Knowles... Uh, the FSU men, well, not so much. But, you know, Matthew Cleveland had another double-double, and they, you know, they played pretty hard, I guess, against Duke, but lost. When do we get Baba back? That is, so they play Georgia Tech on Saturday at home, okay. and that's the last game without him. And All then right. for the rest of the season, he's back. So um, that, that was the second, uh, up at Duke was the second-to-last game without him. So they got to play one more without him, and then Bob is here for the uh, next uh, 16 games. Or it could be the next... Uh, 25 games, man, as they make a run to the NCAA National Championship. Dream the big dream, everybody. Dream Got the big to. dream. Uh, yeah, we'll do shows as needed uh, with the coming and going of the transfer portal. We'll always have videos as soon as the stuff breaks over on our YouTube channel, which you all should be subscribed to because it's totally free. Uh, and set your notifications so that you're alerted as soon as the news drops. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thanks for listening to Wake Up Board Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Girl. Jeff Cameron Show coming up 1 to 3 o'clock.